she, uh, you know, she requested uh, 114 of these shoe boxes, and she says there's been 150 who went out. So uh, we just, she wanted me to thank each and every one of you that have participated in this. This is a, a great showing for this church, especially during these times. So thank you. And uh, Lori's under the weather today, seemed to pick up a cold. She sounded kind of rough last night. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, uh, Lou and I, or Lou got a coupon, actually. I don't think my name was on it. Was it on there? <laughs> In the mail, about a hearing aid that was caught, uh, was uh, marked down a couple of hundred bucks. And so it seems as how we've been going back and forth as to whose hearing is getting bad, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure some of you have been there. You raise your tone of voice each time. So I took the initiative to call and make an appointment for her. And <laughs> obvious to me, who had the problem? <clears throat> well, the lady who answered the call, she said that, uh, that Lou would have to take a hearing test, which, you know, we figured that, to see if she's got some blockage or see if she was the one that had the hearing problem. Well, sure enough... When we kept the appointment, the first thing uh, the guy did was to give her a hearing test. Well, in this parable that we want to look at this morning, uh, Jesus gives his followers a hearing test. And in fact, that's what I've entitled this message, as you notice in your bulletin today, in Luke chapter 8. It's called a hearing test. So if you'd open your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 8... We'll pick it up at verse 4. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Chapter 8 of Luke, verse 4. And when uh, a great multitude were were coming together, and those from various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell beside the road, And it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up, and the other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out, and other seed fell on the good soil and grew up and produced a crop of a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable might be. Verse 10, And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, in order that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God, and those beside the road are those who have heard, uh, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so they may not believe and be saved. Verse 13. And those on the rocky soil are those who have, uh, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no firm root. Excuse me. Uh, They believe for a while and in time of temptation they fall away. And the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, uh, they are choked with, with the worries and the riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. And the seed 
in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold fast to it and bear fruit with perseverance. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that it can always speak to us, no matter uh, what area we're in, no matter what, um, what, what trials of life that have come into our life. Father, we, we're here to hear from you. And we just praise you, God, that it's your word speaks to us. That's what you've left with us, with your Holy Spirit to speak to us. We pray today, God, that we're open, uh, that we lay aside everything else that... Uh, has distracted us, and that we can hear what you have to say to your people, whom you love so much you died for. We pray, God, today that there's no different than any other Sunday. We thank you, Father, for the ones that are here, and, Lord, the ones that are going through struggles, as Eric has already prayed for. Father, just be with them in a special way today. Touch their bodies and put them back up on their feet. Bring them back to us, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated, folks. What has God been saying to you these days, lately? Are you ready to hear from him this morning? Did you come prepared to hear from him this morning? Uh, He says it this way, uh, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And uh, we have to open up our hearts is what he's saying here. How well do you hear God when he speaks to you? How would you describe to other people how God speaks to you? Would you say, well, it's really not an audible voice. It's like an, more like an echo in my own soul. A fresh insight, some wisdom, some conviction he's laid upon my heart. Communication from God comes as we read the scriptures as we take time for prayer and meditation on the scriptures, as we listen to people, saved or unsaved, or unsaved, God can speak through them. He has to me many times. Communication from God as we observe God's handprint in nature. All we have to do is look outside and be outside, and we can feel the presence of the Lord. Different seasons that we experience right here. A quote that I read that I uh, <clears throat> read a while back, you probably have heard it. God speaks to us in different tones. Uh, he whispers to us when we're on top of things. He speaks to us when we have a problem. And he shouts to us when we're confused and have difficulty understanding. But no matter what tones that the Lord uses, we should always be asking, Lord, What are you trying to say to me in this, in this situation? And then listen for him to break through. I was just reading in Jeremiah here a while back uh, about uh, when people asked Jeremiah to pray to God about a certain situation they were in. And and then if you notice, I think it was chapter 42 of Jeremiah, uh, it uh, it said it was 10 days later that God gave him the answer. Sometimes we have to wait for the Lord to break through to talk to us. Remember, God has given each one of us folks who have put our trust in the Lord Jesus the capacity to hear him. The question is, do we have a hearing heart? And that's what this parable is all about. This same parable is mentioned in Matthew and in Mark. I think I got some water here. (laughs) Thanks, Mary. 
But uh, yeah, Lou brought me up. Yes, thank Sorry. you, thank you. That's good. Can't have it overdo it. <clears throat> anyway, the same parable was mentioned in those other synoptic gospels, Matthew and Mark, also here in Luke. So I figured <clears throat> that if God takes this much space in his word to tell us this parable three times, it must be important. There must be something there for us to get. Well, in the Matthew account, he tells us the crowds were starting to press it around Jesus. His back was right up against the Sea of Galilee. So he was forced to step into a small fishing boat and push a few feet away from shore and use it as a pulpit to speak his message, to give a hearing test to the multitudes that were gathered there. We can just visualize what the multitudes were. How many were there? Hundreds? Thousands? We don't really know. How serious, though, were these people who wanted to do about doing what Jesus wanted them to do? And did they really understand what he was trying to tell them? Uh, Do we, this morning, or did they have a hearing heart, a heart that was open to them? Folks, we want to ask those very same questions for us today. Do we, are we open to what the Lord has to say to us? Well, many times Jesus uses parables or stories to speak to his people, to speak to the multitudes. As we look through these gospels, you'll see one parable after another. He compares something familiar with something unfamiliar. We can all relate to this parable of the sower sowing the seeds, can't we, in different types of soil. Sure we can. They could 2,000 years ago, and we can too. It's fairly relevant. We've all planted seeds, if not in a field, perhaps in a garden or a flower bed or a lawn, but we've planted them. And we also know that the soil has to be just right in order to produce a good crop, which is the goal of the sower. If the crop is poor, the problem is usually the soil and not the seed. We'd like to blame it on the seed, but most of the time it's the soil. Now remember, parables have a deeper spiritual meaning than what we see on the surface. This one's no different. It's one definition that was given years ago, and you might have heard it. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So what's the meaning here? Well, Jesus is speaking about the hearing ability of our hearts. Note, within this portion of Scripture today, The word hear or heard is mentioned some six times, 15 times in the Matthew account. Now, Jesus identifies some terms of this parable to his disciples and uh, as he spoke to the multitudes. He he walks away from the multitudes and they say, "Well, well, explain this parable to us. You'll see that in the other Gospels. Well, he says, the sower is clearly Christ himself. It's me, he said, and those who represent him are spreading the seed. And what's the seed? The seed is the word of God, verse 11. You'll see that right there. And uh, the soil is the heart of the various kinds of listeners. You see that in verse 12. The seed and the soil, they need each other. The seed left in the package won't produce. We know that. If you're like me, I always have a little extra seed when I plant the garden, and so I keep it over till next year. I open that package next year, it hasn't done anything. No, it's not got any moisture to it. It hasn't sprouted. It hasn't done anything. The seed and the soil need each other. The seed 
uh, left in the package won't produce, neither will the soil. <clears throat> the soil without the seed won't produce, except weeds, of course. So the penetrating question to this whole parable is disturbing, really. If God is speaking through the one sowing the word, is anyone listening? Does anyone hear? Does anyone understand? Now, Jesus knew there were two types of commun- two parts of communication, which we know too. What is spoken and what is heard. Two parts. The hearing is judged on the basis of what we've heard is ever put into action. We have we know that by we say to our young son or something, it's time to take out the garbage, son. If he just stands there and looks at us, he obviously hasn't heard or a little rebellious, maybe. <laughs> but uh, he, you're waiting, and if he picks up the garbage and takes it out of the can, he's heard. He understands. Puts it into action. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I believe everybody that he was speaking to, I wasn't there 2,000 years ago, but I believe everyone that he was speaking to that day had ears on the side of their head. So he was speaking about something deeper than just the physical ears, right? But the people on the seashore that day... Uh, we're no different than we are. Some had, were hanging on every word that Jesus was saying. I remember when I was in Rice Church, uh, pastoring there, that a couple of n- new guys came in. They sat right about in the middle, about halfway down. And I was kind of watching them as I was preaching, and I was in Elijah. I was preaching about Elijah at that time. And I was watching these guys. They were scooting up closer and closer and kind of leaning in. They didn't want to miss a word. And uh, it was re- really exciting to watch somebody like that. I spoke to them afterwards, obviously, but uh, they were hanging on every word from God's word. Jesus had the same crowd that day. Some on the seashore were hanging on every word. Other ones just nodded a little bit with enthusiasm. and makes us question as to whether they were really listening while others were distracted by the people around them. Some baby was crying, perhaps, or uh, somebody got up and went to the restroom or what, I don't know. But they were, wondered if their minds were far off. They weren't even, they were thinking about what they were going to do this later on after Jesus got finished or something else. A typical crowd. The Pharisees are listening, but did they really hear? It's a typical crowd with many reactions to God's word. Jesus was concerned about the hearing capacity of their hearts. So he tells this parable of four kinds of hearts and four kinds of soils. Four different ways of hearing God as he speaks to us. Now, we don't need to try to fit ourselves into only one of these categories. Because I believe, folks, that there's a bit of all four soils in each of us. Our hearing ability depends on the condition of our heart. And that can change from day to day, week to week, year to year, month to month. Our attitude can affect our hearing ability. When God is speaking to us, how's your hearing ability this morning? How's your attitude this morning? Are you ready? Did you come here waiting on the edge of your seat? What is the Lord going to say to me? Did you come expecting that? I hope so. I know I do. When I come to church, I don't care what church it is or whatever. When someone's preaching, I say, well, just Lord, just give me a one-liner, just a little bit to chew on when I walk out those doors. 
when I get in my car, something to chew on all week. Give me a one-liner, Lord. Well, the first type of soil that Jesus uses in his parable is the hard-packed soil or the hard-hearted. Verse, we're looking at uh, verse 12 again. Those beside the road are those who have heard, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. So the seed here, God's word, fell beside the road. We can understand that. We can picture that real easy. The hard, packed soil. The heart. So it, when it falls beside that road, that's God's seed, God's word. Just bounces around on the surface, that hard, packed surface. Unable to penetrate, unable to germinate, and of course, no production. And before long, the birds, which is Satan here, Jesus said, comes along, plucks the word of God from the heart of the listener so he or she does not understand. I've been there. I was there several times. Uh, Actually, I can remember two distinct times before I came to Christ. We went to revival. Lou took me to a revival before we were married over in Oregon. And uh, when we were there, uh, I heard later on, I didn't know what was happening at the time, but uh, I, I thought, well, this is nice. One of them even had a sawdust floor, you know, just like you read about. And a lot of people in it, and I saw some people go forward and all that. And I even asked her, well, what are they doing? What's this, what's it do? She had to explain to me that this guy was preaching the gospel, and he gave an altar call, more or less. I've been there. But fo- folks, uh, don't be surprised. Don't be uh, uh, surprise if you can find people that have not heard the word. I don't care how old they are. I was 33 years old before I came to Christ. And I've met people that are 60. In our 60s, I remember a gal over in Emida that Lou and I led to Jesus. And she uh, she obviously had never heard. And another gal over here in, in, in Sanders were pushing 90. Another one in uh, Legrand that was in her 80s. And I, I remember asking each one of them, have, have you ever heard this before? And they said, well, y- yes and no. And some of them sat in a church right close to the front, I remember. And uh, I said, well, obviously you've got your reasons for never accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And they said, well, nobody ever told me. You know, I said, well, what's, what's the deal here? They never heard. They never penetrated. And that's up to the Holy Spirit to do that. But we run into them all the time. And everybody heard God speak to them. <clears throat> so don't ever take it for granted that they have heard the word. Your neighbor, whoever, just because we got radio, TV, all these different uh, ways to access the word of God that they've already heard. Obviously, they've heard, so no sense telling them. Yes, there is. They might be open this time. They might, their ears might be open. They might be able to hear what has happened to the person to bring him or her to the place where they cannot even hear God? When did they close their mind to God? When did they refuse to listen? How did they get that way? Well, let me suggest a few ways that could happen. Our hearts get hard because of what people do to us, what Christians do to us. We've had some business dealings with some Christians They've ripped us off. They've lied to us, perhaps. And you made it, they've made it very clear that they're Christians. And so 
there's a callus formed over our hearts a little bit. It's a little harder to get into. If you ask a Christian, I don't think I have nothing to do. I want nothing to do with it. What we do to ourselves to impair our hearing, our listening ability. Lou was asked when there's, in this test uh, if somewhat loud uh, a rifle or something went next to her ear, a firecracker or whatever. He wanted to know what it, would it, what was it that impaired, messed up her hearing, her hearing ability. The hard hearts in Jesus' audience that day were the Pharisees. Even though they had memorized large portions of God's word, and yet their minds were closed to what Jesus said because they would not accept him as the Messiah. Uh, it, it, their hearts weren't open to any of his teachings. Religion can do that to us. If you've ever had time, uh, opportunity to talk to somebody who is religious, you know, it's pretty hard sometimes to penetrate, to tell them about the real truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. These guys were, he don't know what he's talking about. He's a lunatic, just Jesus. So they were not open at all to his teachings. But Jesus wants us to see that we too can be that way. Also, I used to think that the hard-hearted people were only the unsaved, but I don't believe that way anymore. I believe there are hard-hearted Christians with hearing problems in every church. And I'm ashamed to say I've been that way myself more than once. I remember one time when we were pastoring in Southern California that we came home to visit in the church right over here, the Chihuahua Free Methodist Church. I knew the Sunday school teacher was a good teacher, and uh, so I was excited to sit under him. He said, well, open your Bibles to the book of Job. Now, I had preached a couple of times in the book of Job, and so uh, I was bound and determined to tell that teacher and tell the class, the kids, in the, or the kids, it was adults, to tell the class all about the book of Job, all that God had given me in this book, to the place where I used up most of the time that the Sunday school teacher had, and I never heard any new truth that day from the Lord. I was too busy speaking and not listening Poor communication. The sea just bounced around on the surface of my heart. You've been there? Uh, where you sat under a Sunday school teacher, a preacher younger than you were, uh, and not as experienced as you are? And because of your closed mind, no fresh seed of God's word could get into your heart. It just The seed just bounced around on the surface of your heart. <clears throat> Now, we have the opportunity next week, folks, to, uh, Lord willing, to hear a different voice that we're not used to, who we never heard much of before, and that's Pastor Tim. And it's going to be exciting. But the question is, are we going to be open just because it's not the same voice we've heard before? Are we going to be open to listen to what God has said, wants to say to each one of us? I guarantee if you come in with that listening heart, He'll give you something. We all have our mindsets, our prejudices, our beliefs, our customs, our traditions that have developed down through the years that take on the authority of the Ten Commandments, hearts of stone. Uh, We do that, well-packed soil. This can make it difficult, if not impossible, to hear God speak to us. 
There's a danger that we face, folks, as seasoned believers. And that is the immense amount of truth that we've heard down through the years. The insight that God has given us in, when we read the word or uh, the sermons that we've heard. Maybe hundreds of sermons. The Bible studies we've been into. The devotions we've heard. Studying God's word. There's a real danger there. Or pretty soon we become hard of hearing and we lose the sensitivity to any new truth, any new insight. I'm sure that most of you have read this portion of scripture several times perhaps. But have we come here to say, well, I'd like to get something different, something new, exciting. Are you expecting to hear that? Is your heart tender at all? Or through the years as you become hard, hard of hearing that is, is the soil receptive to the seed today? So the second type of soil that Jesus uh, speaks of in his parable is the shallow heart. The shallow heart. Notice verse 13. And those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And these have no firm root. They believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. For this shallow-hearted person, there seems to be a thin layer of soil over rocks or maybe even bedrocks. There's no depth, no depth. Mr. Nelson, uh, about a mile down the road from us, offered me, offered us uh, the, to uh, rent his, his place, 65 acres. In 1973, I can remember it. He came up and said, would you be interested? And I said, sure, we're interested and he could use some more ground. He says, well, this one 10-acre piece <clears throat> has been already plowed by the f- former guy that rented the place. So I went up and took a look at it, and there was all different kinds of soil in that 10-acre piece. When you walk into the place, it had rocks. In fact, I, some of them I had to haul off. They were so big. Then you walk in, it was kind of a different powdery soil, and in the backside, it was clay. But I decided to put it all in alfalfa because I needed the extra hay. And sure enough, you know, as uh, we seeded it, it looked good. Uh, there was enough soil over that gravel to, I'm sure, things would work. And sure enough, I remember that, that, that seed just jumped out of the ground right there where the rocks were. And uh, I said, boy, this is going to be something. It got up above the ground before all the rest. The problem was it, it was just a thin layer and there was uh, rocks underneath it. And when the sun came out, it withered. It got about this high. And then it just, I came back, I remember one day, and I said, looks like we're going to lose that patch. It wasn't very big, but it was enough. The seed germinated okay, jumped out of the ground, but it withered away because of the heat. In this parable, the seed, God's word, germinates, just jumps out of the ground, and then because the roots have reached the rocks below the surface, it withers. Pretty simple stuff we can understand. What causes it to wither? Matthew 13, 21, uh, he puts it this way with Jesus when he explains this parable. He says, uh, the heat of affliction and persecution because of the word and temptation, Luke adds here, uh, is too much. It just they, they fall away. They have no firm root in themselves. So Jesus says, this person hears the word. And receives it with joy. Do you see that in verse 13? Receives it. He's excited. He might say to himself, this is what I've been looking for all my life. Salvation. Forgiveness of sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't care what the devil is going to do. He says, this is it. 
He's overjoyed, emotional high, but it's just short-lived. When testing time comes, and it will come, he falls away. The problem is, his faith has no depth. Now, the reason could be that this person is not reading his or her Bible all the time, reading God's word on a regular basis to reaffirm where they receive that joy in the beginning. I just heard this on the radio this past week. 80% of born-again believers are not reading their Bibles daily. 80%. Scary. Or maybe the soil is shallow because we have not reacted to a conviction that God has spoken to us about. We refuse to live out what we've already heard, what God has already laid upon our heart, some lack of obedience. Therefore, we have no depth. That unconfessed sin is the bedrock. What is it that forms a rock in your heart that resists the root? What keeps the word of God from penetrating the rock beneath the surface? Stubbornness? An attitude, a bad attitude, a mindset, a lack of discipline, or disobedience. What is it? How deep are your roots? Deep enough to stand affliction, persecution, temptation? When they come along, and they will, when it comes. The third type of soil that Jesus is talking about is the overcrowded heart, or the thorny soil, verse 14. And the seed which fell up, among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go their own way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. Jesus implies here that the same good seed that fell among the hard surface, that fell on the hard surface pathway, fell in the rocky soil, now fell on a ground that has already been infested with seeds of thorns, seeds of weeds. See, that fell among the thorns. That means the soil, or the heart, uh, is, has within it already seeds of thorns, as well as the newly planted good seed, God's word. Both would come up and begin to grow, but eventually the nutrients of the soil would sap away. It would be sapped away by the thorns or the thistles. I planted an alfalfa field like that one time, too, north of the house. I remember seeing the alfalfa come up, came, looked pretty good, but there was a patch up on the hillside there that was a kind of a darker green. So I walked up and took a look at it. Those were the days I could walk. And <clears throat> anyway, I got up there, and there was a, this darker green was a patch of Canadian thistles. Now, I didn't plant those thistles. I can honestly say that. But they still came up. The seed was already in the soil right there. I'm sure you have gardens like that or you wouldn't be out there with your hoe or your rototiller after you planted the seed. It would be a piece of cake, wouldn't it? We just wait for the thing to grow. Jesus says here in verse 14 that the thorns would win out before the good plants <coughs> could ever produce any fruit. That's what he wants, to produce fruit. We can all relate to that. Now, what does that have to do with the hearing ability, our hearing ability? Folks, there are many voices in our lives wanting our attention, isn't there? We can become so over-involved that we cannot hear what the Lord is saying to us. The circuits are jammed. They're overloaded. 
Have you ever tried to call, and I, I don't remember how many years ago I, I did this, but tried to call a loved one on a holiday that particular day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, and you ever got a, a recording that says, sorry, all circuits are in use. Please call back later. Now, with the cell phones today, I, don't, I haven't had that problem. But when I was over at Dan and Lori's listening to Pastor Steve give his message here this uh, spring, uh, I don't remember for what month it was, but all of a sudden, and I, I, I'm sure some of you have had that happen too, the, the picture just froze. And I told her to turn to Dan, not familiar with the, what was happening, and he, I said, well, what's the scoop? And he says, well, it's overloaded. Probably a bunch of people trying to get in on the same time that we're on. Overloaded. God tries to speak to us. But there are many people, too many people, with demands calling us at the same time that he is trying to get through to us. Three, these three accounts of this parable, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, taken together, reveal that Jesus is concerned about the competitive loyalty of worries deceitfulness of riches and pleasures that eventually choke out the good plants, the word of God. The key issue is that the good seed on God's words demands first place, first priority. And it's sowed in a heart that is already committed to nourish the seeds of weeds, of our own agendas, our own priorities, our own commitments. The soil of our heart accepts the Lord's seed as just one of many. Worries, riches, pleasures are just headings for long lists of priorities that we bring into the Christian life with us. Or we keep long after we've accepted Christ as our Savior. We, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is to put him first above all other priorities. Now, when is the heart overcrowded? If there is no time for listening to God in daily Bible study or meditation on his word, we're too busy. When we're, we're overcrowded, when we're distracted by duties, responsibilities, we get over-involved. We're overcrowded, the heart is overcrowded when we have no time for people. You see, that's God's main agenda, people. Have you ever talked to someone, a neighbor, a friend, an acquaintance, a business acquaintance, and you're on, you're on a, a certain track to tell them about something, and all of a sudden they mention something about God or the church, just kind of out of the blue. And you start looking at your watch, knowing that the Holy Spirit is nudging you to talk to them about Jesus. I've done it. And uh, you start saying, well, you say to yourself, you say, this guy might be open. This guy might be wanting to hear the word. And you glance at your watch, ooh, I'm, I've got to be here there a certain time. You think to yourself as he is talking, I, I'll, I'll catch you later. Bad idea. Best to get on the phone and say, I'll catch you later. This guy is open. This guy wants to hear about Jesus. Take the first priority. That's God's main agenda <clears throat> don't be too busy don't be too busy I, I've made that mistake too many times folks what are the thorns in your life is your heart overcrowded today over involved are you willing to ask God what weeds need to go Lord that very question is a sign 
We've admitted that the soil is overcrowded and needs some drastic weeding in order for the good seed to grow in us, to produce good fruit. That's the goal. So that leads us then to the fourth type of soil here in this parable. It's called the listening heart or the hearing heart, the good soil. Verse 15. And the seed is, and the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word and in an honest and good heart hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. <clears throat> he says here. So the hearing heart uh, not only receives the word, responds to the word, produces, but it also perseveres. Do you see that? Verse 15. It perseveres, meaning it does not give in to all these other things that can draw us away from the word of God. It perseveres. God is speaking to each one of us right now. Right now. I believe that. What does he have to say to us? He wants us to know that how much he loves us to begin with. How much he really cares about us. You might not feel loved today, but he's going to tell you, I love you. I care about you. He wants to reign supreme in our hearts. He wants first place in our hearts. Won't settle for anything else. He offers insight, discernment, wisdom. Not wisdom of the world, but wisdom from him, from above. Of what we will face day by day. It will. We need that wisdom. And listening to God also involves obedience then. Fresh light is only given if we walk in the light that he's already he's given to us in the past. So the final qualification of a hearing heart is being involved, bearing, bearing fruit in ourselves and others. Uh, the fruit of God is a transformation of our own character. The more we listen to him, the more he will change, he'll work on our personalities. And we, his desire is to make us more like his son, Jesus. We hear it all the time. That's what his goal is. The productive result of good communication with God is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Nine fruit of the spirit. That's what he wants to produce in our lives. That's the fruit of us. But are you willing to take that list to God and ask him, What's lacking, Lord? What, do, what, what needs to some work on, needs some growth in order to be a fruit-filled Christian? I heard years ago that a fruit-filled Christian is a fruitful Christian. And that's exactly what he wants. That's what he's bringing us to. <clears throat> Any person who listens to God will hear his heartbeat. For people who do not know him, do not know Jesus, to bear fruit, as he says in verse 15, is helping others to meet him, to receive him, and to commit their lives to him. When we listen to God, when we get on the same page, he identifies the people that he has made ready to receive him. I know that for a fact. He'll say, it's not that one that you've been working on and praying on. No, praying for a while. It's that one over there. You check him out. Check her out. They need to hear you. I, I've, been, I've been working on them for years. So they're ready. They're, they're ripe. They're right on the edge here. He'll identify those people. 
and already received them. He also gives us a strategy how to reach them. He tells us the words that we're to say to them. He will give us the key that will unlock their heart. I know that. Folks, we need a good hearing ability if we want to be productive. People who listen to God are able to listen to people. And then when we speak and share Christ with them, we'll be right on target. That's what I needed to hear, they'll say. The final step of a hearing heart is action. We must take some action. Are you sharing the fruit that God has produced in you? Don't waste it. Don't miss those opportunities that he has given you. Don't waste the fruit. God has spent a lot of time plowing up that hard heart of ours and theirs. He spent a lot of time blasting away the bedrock, weeding, <clears throat> excuse me, weeding out the thorns of our hearts and theirs to make us productive. Every one of us is capable of producing fruit. Every one of us. The hearing test that God wants you and I to take this morning is to answer the question, am I producing fruit? And if not, then ask God to plow, to blast, to weed, whatever it takes, in order that we, each one of us, could be productive. If we are any other type of soil but the good soil, we fall short of what God desires for his people. Production. And as the other scriptures say, the other gospels, same parable, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He wants us to produce. He's given us all the tools. He's given us the message. Let's see, where do we put that mic? Somewhere here? No? To my right. Oh, looking right at it. I need glasses. Oh, I got glasses. <clears throat> Besides the hearing aid. Anyway, <clears throat> there are people all around us, folks. This one's on now. This one's on. Excuse <clears throat> me, man. What is the problem? people all around us, folks, that <clears throat> they need Jesus more than they need their next breath of air. In fact, their next breath may, might be their last breath. We have to keep that in mind. Just, just don't let it run off your back like the water, you know, the rain. Find a way to reach out. But be in tune with God and you'll reach out to the right person. I guarantee it. <clears throat> I had a song here that was quite popular years ago. I'm pretty sure you know it. You have heard it. Go ahead. <clears throat> Every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with cares Headed who knows where 
Stand and have a word of prayer together. 
Our Heavenly Father, we want you to burn that on our hearts, Lord. Sure, these are tough times. We might have to stand six feet away from the person that we want to tell about and tell Jesus, tell him about her or her about Jesus. But God, we can still take the time and do it. You want us to be productive. You've given us the tools. You've given us everything you can give us. You've given us the message. Just tell them about how Jesus died on the cross for their sins. He loves them so much. He wants them to put their trust in him. It's pretty simple. To tell them that they have to ask for forgiveness of sin. And then say, Jesus, take control of my life. If our hearts are a little rocky, Lord, and they need some work, they need some blasting away, tell us. If our hearts are overcrowded, Lord, tell us what needs to go. We've got to take time for the important things. It's not making the contract on time. It's not this or that that we've put up in the top of our priorities, Lord. It's not that at all. It's telling them about Jesus, to reach out to them, because that's what they need. They need the same breaks we got. And God, just give us the power from the Holy Spirit, the guidance and the wisdom, and the ears to hear what you're saying to us about them so we can be right on target when we talk to them. Thank you, God, for that. Go with us as we... Go out into the world today, Lord, a world that is fearful, a world that lacks faith in God, that he's going to be in control. Oh, a, a people, a world that are looking for, what can, am I going to do? We're, our backs are against it. They say, we need something. I say, well, I'll tell you about Jesus. He's the something you need. He's the answer. God, give us the boldness and the love to do that. Thank you, Father, for each person here today. God, keep us safe. Keep us from getting this crazy virus, Lord, so that we have the opportunity to continue to reach out to others. Thank you, Father, for bringing each one here today. I hope they've heard from you, not just Jim. I hope they heard from you, God. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.